Welcome in to episode 35 of College Sports Today on WLRZ 99.3 FM, as well as on LRN News. You can find our show on Spotify, as well as at rss.com and therhinian.com, the official student publication of Lenore Ryan University. I am your host, Hamilton Neal, glad to be joining you this week on the show, as today we will be exclusively talking about women's college basketball. We'll start things off with our Recruits in Focus segment. There, we're going to take a look at some of the top freshmen in women's college basketball for this upcoming season. And then in our second segment, we'll take a look at my 2022-2023 women's college basketball preseason top 10 teams. Our full breakdown and analysis on that coming up a bit later in the show. But again, first, we'll start things off with a look at the top five freshmen in women's college basketball. And we begin at the number one spot where we have none other than Lauren Betts. Lauren Betts ranked number one overall, number one at the post player position in the class per ESPNW. She is signed with the Stanford Cardinal. Coming in at number two is Ayanna Patterson, ranked fourth overall, number one at the wing position. She is signed with the Yukon Huskies. At number three is Kiki Rice, ranked second overall, number one at the point guard position. She is signed with UCLA. At number four is Janiah Barker, ranked third overall, number one at the forward position in the class. She is signed with Texas A&M. And last but not least, at number five is Isonay Brady, ranked fifth overall, number two at the post player position. Like Ayanna Patterson, she is signed with the UConn Huskies. And again, those are my top five freshmen in women's college basketball for this season. And again, starting at the top with Lauren Betts, there's no question about it. She is the best freshman coming into college basketball this season. When you see what she brings to the table, not only offensively, but also defensively, you can understand why she was ranked number one in the class wire to wire per ESPNW. Because she has size at six foot seven that is rarely seen in women's college basketball. You see a dominant low post game, but also an emerging face up game as well. I mean, she has that ability to knock down jumpers, not quite out to the three point line as much yet. But certainly from 15 feet, she can knock down the mid-range jump shot. And that is a big part of her offensive game. But as good as she is offensively, she might be even better on the defensive end. Because again, at 6'7", you're going to have that presence, that length. She can block shots among the best. Obviously has great athleticism and agility. And that's something that is very unique about Lauren Betts at her size. She's not really that prototypical bruiser. But... She's 6'7", but has that athleticism. She's very lean. So the ability to work inside with Cameron Brink, who stands 6'4", is going to be a really, really enticing, very, very exciting prospect there for Stanford because Brink has been so good in her first two seasons at being a presence defensively, producing offensively. Her body type is very similar to that of Lauren Betts in that she's lean and mobile and athletic. So these two players, very, very similar to each other. Betts just has a couple of inches on Brink. So I love what she brings to Stanford. And those two are really going to be like twin towers for them. Because again, when you look at 6'7 and 6'4, lean, mobile, athletic, it's going to be hard to drive on that. Again, like I said, it's going to be very hard to figure that out for offenses, especially penetrating. 
driving on the inside. So Lauren Betts headed to Stanford, hands down, best player in the class of 2022. But now at my number two spot, I have Ayanna Patterson, who's ranked fourth overall, number one at the wing position. And what she brings to UConn is something that they have been desperately needing. And that is playmaking from a wing player. Because again, when we talk about UConn, we know that they have great backcourt pieces like Paige Beckers, like AZ Fudd. We know they have good post players like Aliyah Edwards, Dorky Uhas, But they do not have an elite playmaking wing prospect. But now they have that in Ayanna Patterson, who again is a true three-level scorer at the wing position. I just love what she brings to the table. And again, for me, is the second best freshman. To ESPNW, fourth best. I see her at least at number two. Because at 6'2", she is very athletic, knocks down the mid-range jump shot in traffic, can shoot the three-pointer as well, but is really at her best in the half-court game and in transition getting downhill and attacking the basket. Because when she gets ahead of steam, might as well just move out of the way because most likely she is going to score. She is very, very explosive. And again, with that three-level ability and emerging defensive potential, I mean, she could really factor her way into this rotation for UConn. And I don't think Gino Oriem is going to have a choice but to play Ayanna Patterson and Isonay Brady because they're both oozing with potential. So again, Ranked fourth overall, but to me, second best freshman in the country. Now at number three is Kiki Rice. Again, according to ESPNW, number two overall. Number one at the point guard position. And I definitely agree with the latter and that she's the best point guard, best backcourt player in the class, hands down. Because you see her size at 5'11". Very Paige Beckers-like. Paige Beckers is at 5'11", can operate a little bit more consistently than other point guards because she has a little bit more size to her. And what you see very early on when you watch film, even going back to her days as a sophomore, even as a freshman, you saw the poise in her game. You see just the calm, cool, and collected attitude that she brings to the position. And for UCLA, who are a program that have really predicated themselves on bringing in elite backcourt players, that's going to be just a perfect fit. And she plays, again, very under control, can find people as a very good passer, but creates shots very well for a point guard. She can pick her spots much like a two would, finishes plays at the rim with consistency. That's getting better. But again, just runs the offense. She can score and really can fill it up, but she runs the offense. And that's the most important thing that point guard needs to do. They need to run the offense the way that the coach wants it to be ran. And again, for UCLA, just a huge, huge pickup because they don't usually land players with that high of a ranking. And neither does Texas A&M, because they're bringing in Janiah Barker. Again, as I mentioned, at number three overall, number one forward in the class. And again, she's at six foot two, very athletic perimeter threat, has that college-ready frame, rebounds consistently. She handles the up-tempo game very, very well. She runs the floor with consistency, manufactures a mid-range game, So again, like Ayanna Patterson, like Lauren Betts, she's developing that and is continuing to just get more physical, back you down, score that way, and is versatile, again, in the front court, rises over the defender, finishes in traffic. So, you know, whether there's contact or not, she is going to make sure that she gets her points. But again, the question with Janiah Barker has always been her work ethic, you know, it's 
is she always going to bring it night in and night out? And, you know, we see some players, you know, that maybe take a couple plays off here or there. Some people have said that about Janiah Barker. All that I've seen on film is that she works very, very hard every possession. I just think it's going to be about tapping into her defensive potential and wanting to play defense. Because again, we see a lot of elite recruits. They love offense. Every basketball player loves offense more than defense, most likely. But they're just going to have to develop on the defensive end. And I think Joni Taylor, the new head coach at Texas A&M, will be able to get that out of her. Because again, if you followed Barker's recruitment, you know that she was committed to the University of Georgia when Joni Taylor was the head coach there. Gary Blair retires at Texas A&M. Joni Taylor takes that spot with the Aggies and then brings Barker in. So offensively, I think she's ready. But again, it's going to be about defense and the desire to play on that side of the ball. And again, coming in at number five is Isnay Brady, fifth overall, second at the post player spot. And she is exactly what UConn needs. Much like we talked about with Iona Patterson, who brings that playmaking wing potential, Brady brings that physical post presence. And again, the reason that this is so important is UConn is lacking a player like Brady who can just play bully ball, who can bring you down low, back you down, and make plays there. I feel like she has really, really come along, not only as a post player on the offensive end, but a post player on the defensive end. Again, altering shots, blocking shots. Those are two different things. You know, when you block the shot, the timing's good. You get your hand on it. Altering shots is much more common, but it's even more impactful than the blocks because every time you're altering a shot and maybe making a player go right instead of going left, maybe making them change an angle, That's changing the game on the defensive end, and she is developing that. But again, offensively has that soft touch, can really, like I said, bully ball you down on the block. She has a athleticism to her, much like we talked about Lauren Betts. Maybe not as athletic as Lauren, but 4.63 with the girth that she has, she is very athletic and is, again, super physical. And that's what UConn needs if they're going to match up with teams like South Carolina. Because we saw that they were absolutely destroyed by South Carolina. Absolutely manhandled in the post in the national championship game. And the reason was because they didn't have someone that could stack up with Aaliyah Boston or even Victoria Saxton for that matter. Every post player for South Carolina had their way against UConn. And yes, you have Edwards at 6'3", you have Dorky Juhas coming back, but Neither of those two players are quite as physical as Isene Brady. So I love what she brings to the table there. And with that, that is all the time we have for Recruits in Focus. And we're now going to take a break here on the show. And when we come back, we will go over the College Sports Today Women's College Basketball Preseason Top 10 Teams. Stay tuned. You're listening to College Sports Today on WLRZ 99.3 FM and LRN News. We'll be right back.
Welcome back in to College Sports Today. Coming to you on 99.3 at WLRZ, as well as online at therinian.com, rss.com, and Spotify as well. And again, we're now heading into the second segment of our show, where we begin our previewing of the 2022-2023 women's college basketball season. To do this, we are going to reveal the first edition of the College Sports Today Women's College Basketball Preseason Top 10 Rankings. And again, coming in at the number one spot is South Carolina. South Carolina Gamecocks, the defending national champions, won it all last season. Just an incredible run. The two losses. Aaliyah Boston, their post player, won National Player of the Year, SEC Player of the Year, all of the major awards imaginable. She was so dominant from start to finish. And this roster is almost completely intact from last year. They lose a couple of players to transfer. They lose Destiny Henderson to the WNBA. But most of the championship core is back. And most importantly, Aaliyah Boston is back. Now joining her again in the front court will be Victoria Saxton, back for a fifth year. Camilla Cardoso and Leticia Meher. Now Sanai Fagan is an interesting piece because she's going to be a sophomore, can also play inside, should have a little bit bigger of a role this year. And then in the backcourt, you have Zaya Cook, Bria Beal, Raven Johnson should be a big factor this year, missed last year due to a torn ACL, and Bree Hall is a very good shooter, got some playing time last year. So this is the returning core, along with an incoming transfer, and that is Kiara Fletcher from Georgia Tech. Five foot nine guard, averaged 13 points, five and a half rebounds, and 3.7 assists per game last year. And again, she joins that backcourt, which will be led by Cook, Beal and Johnson. And again, she has that ability not only to score, but to rebound pretty well for her size and position and assist very well. So it's that unselfish, high-level ball movement style of play that South Carolina has. I mean, she's going to fit right into that. And you have a couple of freshmen as well, Ashlyn Watkins, Talasia Cooper. But I really don't think those players will be as big a factor as this season. Because again, when you have a super deep team, you're not going to get a whole lot of playing time. I mean, it's just like in 2019, some of those freshmen like Leticia and me here didn't get as much playing time, didn't get out on the floor as much, unless you're Leah Boston, who started from day one and was already winning awards in her first year, you're probably not going to play too much. But again, we could see them early in the year, maybe in some junk minutes, but certainly not in big games. I think they need some time to develop. And a player like Ashlyn Watkins will very much benefit from sitting on the bench early because you have Leah Boston there. You have, again, Cardoso, Saxton, a lot of players that can help her develop in the post. Again, I feel like South Carolina is the favorite to win the championship again this season. And really, it's just because of their post core. The post group is better than what any other school has, including UConn, who is my number two team. That's really the big thing. And their backcourt can stack up with anybody. So clearly South Carolina coming in there at number one. But again, I have UConn here at number two. And they're hands down second best team in the country. There's no question that it's South Carolina and then UConn. I don't see anyone right now putting UConn at number one. And the reason is just because their front court is not quite as strong. I think UConn's backcourt is better, but their front court is not. And that's why they lost the championship game to South Carolina last season. It was because their front court of Aaliyah Edwards, Kamari DeBerry, they just couldn't, they couldn't handle it. Now, Dorka Juhas, who is coming back 
for UConn did not play in the championship game against South Carolina or in the national semifinal against Stanford. She hurt her wrist in the Elite Eight against North Carolina State. Even if they had UHAS, though, it still would not have been enough to beat South Carolina. So again, that's why SC's at one and UConn's at two. So the post-quartet is Aaliyah Edwards, Dorka Juhas, Amari DeBerry, who's a sophomore, and Isonay Brady, who we talked about in the open. So again, the key really here for UConn this season is we know Paige Beckers, AZ Fudd, Nika Mule, Caroline Ducharme, all those players in the backcourt are going to be great. But can the front court players step up? Will they be good enough to handle South Carolina? Again, we could see a rematch in the national championship game. I really do feel like South Carolina and UConn are destined to meet again because there's even a drop-off going from two to three. And it's clearly South Carolina and UConn. Clearly, SC and UConn at the one and two spots. So again, for UConn, it's going to be about front court consistency. We know Paige Beckers is going to be back healthy. AZ Fudd is going to be back to 100%. And if they can stay healthy throughout the season, they're going to be the best backcourt in women's college basketball. And joining them in the backcourt will be Lou Lopez-Senechal, who is a transfer from Fairfield. And this player here, Lou Lopez-Senechal, I think is going to be the X factor for UConn this season. And the reason I say that is because she has a unique style of play at six foot one, and she's listed as a forward, but she plays a lot like a guard. I mean, you see her playing in iso ball situations a lot, posting up on the block, hitting turnaround jumpers. You see her hanging out on the wing, coming off flare screens, not really coming off ball screens as much because that's up to Paige Beckers and AZ Fudd, not Lou. But I think you'll see her as a three-point threat and as a mid-range threat. Not really as much as a driver. She doesn't really attack the paint as much, but is a very good second-level, third-level scorer. So when you look at what she brings over from Fairfield, you know, averages a 19.5 points per game and conference player of the year, three-time first-teamer in her conference, the MAAC. Uh, it's just a very, very impressive body of work. Now, she can average 20 points a UConn? Absolutely not. Nobody, unless you're Paige Beckers, averages 20 points a UConn. But I think she'll be a good solid scorer and will be an X-factor for them this season. And again, to me, she will be the X-factor because as well as Ducharme plays or as well as Meal plays on the offensive end, Lou has to be consistent. She has to be a key cog in the wheel. So again, I love the perimeter talent, Beckers, Fudd, Ducharme, Lou Lopez-Senechal, Nika Meal. And then you have Iona Patterson coming in as the second freshman along with Isonay Brady. So that's UConn's core and what they have. Again, I think they're at least the second best team in the country. And I'll go in and looking at three through five, you have Tennessee, Stanford, and Texas. Because while Louisville, Iowa, Notre Dame are good teams, they're not quite top five caliber. So let's look at Tennessee at number three. And their roster is very impressive, as it always is every single year. They have a good team. But this year, they have an even better core than what they had coming into last year because they won the transfer portal, in my opinion, because they got Rakia Jackson from Mississippi State, a playmaking wing, Jillian Hollingshed from Georgia, Jasmine Powell from Minnesota, and Jasmine Franklin from Missouri State. All four of those players were impact players on their original teams 
And again, you know, there's been a lot of turnover at Mississippi State, a couple of coaching changes, and that led to Rakia Jackson leaving. Uh, Jillian Hollingshed was a very good player at Georgia. Jasmine Powell was probably Minnesota's best player for a while. And Jasmine Franklin comes from a Missouri State program that has always been very good. So you have that group to go along with Jordan Horston and Tamari Key, both are coming back, along with a star freshman in Justine Passat. Justine Passat ranked 11th in the country per ESPNW. And with this core, I think you have a Final Four caliber team. But again, it's going to come down to effort and desire, something that has kind of become lost with Tennessee at times. They have tons of potential every single year, guys. But they don't always play up to it. So it's going to be about Horston, who got hurt last year down the stretch, and Key being outstanding. And if uh, Passat develops, then that's even better for Tennessee. So clearly, Final Four caliber team and slightly better than Stanford at number four. Because Stanford, they lose Lexi Hull, Lacey Hull, and Anna Wilson all in the backcourt. But Haley Jones is back on the wing. Cameron Brink is back on the interior. And like I said at the top, Brink is going to be paired with 6'7 freshman Lauren Betts, number one player in the class. And that is one of the most imposing front courts in the nation. Maybe not as physically imposing as Aliyah Boston and, say, Camila Cardoso or Victoria Saxton, but they're very lean, long, and athletic. And they can take up a lot of space still. So while Stanford will be not quite as good in the backcourt, I think in the front court they're going to be very strong. And Haley Jones will be a contender for National Player of the Year as a senior. So I love Stanford, but they're not quite as good as those other three teams. And then Texas is there at five. And this is a Texas team that really, I think, to many, overachieved last year. They won their first Big 12 title since 2003. They went to the Elite Eight, lost to Stanford there. And they have Rory Harmon coming back. Really just lit it up last year as a freshman at the point guard spot. And she was really the player that changed things for them. And she will be joined in the backcourt by Aliyah Matharu. And Sonia Morris is a high-scoring guard from a high-scoring team in DePaul. So Texas, I think with that core and with others, are going to be in the mix for another Big 12 title and maybe a Final Four appearance this year. Maybe they break through, get to that next level. So that is the top five. Again, South Carolina, UConn, Tennessee, Stanford, and Texas. And now we go to the back half of these rankings, 6 through 10. It's Louisville, Iowa, Notre Dame, NC State, and Iowa State. So first, let's start with Louisville at 6. This is a team that will again be led by the backcourt. Haley Van Lith is back for her junior year. Chris Carr comes over from Syracuse. Morgan Jones transfers in from Florida State. And they help to make up for the loss of Kiana Smith in the backcourt. Chelsea Hall, who played very well, coming over from Vanderbilt. And now with, again, Carr and Jones in the fold, who are very good offensive players, I think they're going to have an even better backcourt than what they had with Kiana Smith and Chelsea Hall, because Chelsea Hall was not a scorer. She was a defender primarily, was not an offensive threat most of the time. And uh, Kiana Smith was solid. But I think with Van Lith, Carr, and Jones, you have a great perimeter trio, And while they lose Emily Engsler, who was a top pick in the WNBA to the Indiana Fever, you have a lot of good post talent returning. Livia Cochran is back. She's going to anchor the group. So Louisville, I think, is 
slightly better than Iowa, who's at seven, simply because they're a better defensive team. And offensively, I think they're going to put up a lot of points. Now to Iowa at number seven. This is such a hard team to talk about, such a hard team to get a gauge on, because while they're so supremely talented and explosive offensively, they can't defend at all. I mean, this is a team that has lost in the Sweet 16 in 2021 and in the second round last year because they could not defend. I mean, they just could not defend anybody. They give up a lot of points, but they score a lot of points. They have to improve on the defensive end if they want to be a Final Four championship team because this is already Caitlin Clark's third year. Just like it is for Paige Beckers at UConn. Already year three. It's hard to believe. But Caitlin Clark, going into this third season, is coming off a very, very incredible sophomore year. Averaged 27 points, 8 rebounds, and 8 assists per game. I mean, you don't see many players putting up those kinds of numbers. And she had very similar numbers to that in her freshman year. So, again, she lights up the scoreboard, but in tandem with Monica Sanano and the rest of this core, they have to improve defensively. Like I said, that's really the biggest key for them. And uh, for Monica Sanano, who plays in the post, she averaged 21.2 points, 6.2 rebounds last year. Very consistent, as always. They bring in a transfer from Central Michigan, that's Molly Davis, who averaged there 18.6 points, 3.8 rebounds, and 4.7 assists. So adding her to the mix, now you're going to have an even better perimeter. And on the inside and on the wings, like I said, they're pretty strong. I mean, overall as a team, they have great personnel. But if they're going to get to the Elite Eight, they're going to have to defend a lot better. That's my bottom line with them. I love them, except they don't play good defense. At number eight is Notre Dame, a team that really just had a devastating loss to end their season last year. They lost in the Sweet 16 to NC State. They had the lead with just seconds left and turned the basketball over. NC State goes on to win that game and then play UConn. But they have some good players coming back. Some very, very good personnel, especially in the backcourt, because you have Olivia Miles, Sonia Sitron, and Dara Mabry. Those three are going to anchor this team. And again, for uh, Neil Ivey's team, it starts with the backcourt. And Olivia Miles last year, in just her first season, was very, very impressive. Played so well. Played so poised. Now again, she did come in during the 2020-2021 season, but that was about halfway through and still was able to keep her freshman tag this past season. And this past year was her first full season again at Notre Dame. Uh, Sitron in her first year was very good. And Dara Mabry, very experienced, started her career at Virginia Tech, came over to Notre Dame. And really, again, Notre Dame had some rough years there. 2019, 2020 were not good years for them. But they bounced back in a big way in 2021, making it to that point. And not only will it be those backcourt prospects, but they have transfers coming in. Kylie Watson from Oregon, Lauren Ebo from Texas, and Jenna Brown from Stanford. Now, uh, Jenna Brown will be part of that backcourt rotation and should be of decent impact for them. But I'm really looking at Ebo and Watson. Because Kylie Watson was part of a vaunted 2020 Oregon recruiting class that has uh, completely fallen apart there except for a Tahina Pow-Pow. Everybody's left from that class. Maddie Schur, Sydney Parrish, all of them have left. Kylie Watson now here at Notre Dame. She's going to bring some athletic postability. She's going to bring 
some face-up stuff, not a lot, but she is somewhat versatile. And uh, Lauren Ebo is really that true post player. So they're starting to load up there in the post also. So I feel like they're definitely safe in the top 10 for the preseason rankings, but somewhere here in the back half. Again, I have them here at 8. And again, rounding things out with NC State and Iowa State at 9 and 10, these are two squads that you have one losing a lot of starters, one losing not too many, and the team that loses most of their core from last year's NC State. So last year, we know how good Alyssa Cunane was in the post. Reina Perez, steady in the backcourt. Kayla Jones on the wing. They lose those starters. And it's going to be up to Camille Hobby, Jakia Brown-Turner, Diamond Johnson to really make up for those losses and really produce. Now, along with those returning players, you have some high-impact incoming transfers. Mimi Collins from Maryland. Sanaya Rivers uh, from South Carolina. River Baldwin from Florida State. Those three are all going to play different roles on this team. I mean, I see Collins and Baldwin playing that Cunane role. Physical post play, fundamental, sound on the interior. And Sanai Rivers was a top five recruit in 2021. But again, like most freshmen at South Carolina, she didn't get a whole lot of playing time and really just started to fall out of the rotation. I mean, you could argue she was never part of the consistent rotation, but here at NC State, she's going to have an opportunity to flash that potential we saw coming out of high school. And she's back in North Carolina. She played high school here in NC. So I like what NC State has, but they're not the Final Four caliber team that they were last year. They're just not. I mean, if you brought Cunane and Perez and Jones back, they would have been among the favorites. But again, I really don't think that they're in that conversation just because of the losses and some of the roster turnover they have. But Diamond Johnson, keep an eye on her. Very explosive, high energy, strong shooting guard. And when we're talking about shooting, a team that can really do that, we're looking at Iowa State here at number 10. Rounding things out, I think this is an incredible program. And I feel like this is a team that is a dark horse Final Four contender. I think they're definitely an Elite Eight team. Last year, they got upset in the Sweet 16 by Creighton, who previously beat Iowa. And I think because of that loss, there's a lot of motivation to come back and get further this year. Last year, they had a program record 28 wins. They returned Ashley Jones, who averaged 20.3 points. Lexi Donarski is back, 14.3 points per game. Emily Ryan is returning, 13.1 points per game. And this group right here, Jones... Janarski and Ryan are the most underrated yet sharp shooting backcourt in the entire country. I think they are the most underappreciated anywhere. And they play in a Big 12 conference that is very high scoring. And that's what they do best. That's what this program has always done, much like DePaul. Three-point shooting, motion offense, a lot of screen and pick and roll action, flare stuff. That's what they do best. They're really a guard school, but they have an incoming transfer that is very, very intriguing in the post, and that's Stephanie Soares, transfer from the Masters University. And if you're wondering what the Masters University even is, they're in the NAIA, not even the NJCAA, the NAIA. And in the NAIA, she was a two-time player of the year in the whole NAIA. 
And with her size at six foot six and all that she can bring to the table in terms of physicality and athleticism, you really have to keep an eye on her. Again, at the Masters University, averaged 20 and a half points and 12.2 rebounds per game. Now, clearly, she's not going to have those kind of numbers at Iowa State because she's joining a program that has a lot of players that score a lot of points. And again, it's going to run through that backcourt. But if she can average anywhere between 12 and 15 points and 8 to 10 rebounds, that could be the piece that puts Iowa State over the top. Because, again, they've always had great guards. And it really is, like I said, a guard school. But you have never really had a post player there with that type of physicality. She is just so imposing on the interior. But again, has never played at the D1 level before. So there will be an adjustment period. And I'm excited to see how long that takes and what Iowa State can bring together for this 2022-23 season. So with that... We wrap up our look at the College Sports Today Women's College Basketball Preseason Top 10 Rankings, and we wrap up another episode of College Sports Today. Whether you've been listening on WLRZ at 99.3 FM, whether it be on Spotify, RSS.com, TheRinian.com, wherever you have found this show, we thank you for taking the time to listen to it. And as always, we want to give a special thanks to everybody at Lenore Ryan University, the College of Fine Arts and Communications, and WLRZ at 99.3 FM. This is Hamilton Neal signing off. I'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening.